Hello, everyone. Welcome to Star Wars Therapy. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by Caleb and my buddy Alex. And look, I just I want to say something real quick. I want to thank both of you. Doing this podcast has made me really get back into Star Wars, oh. and I love you guys. And the fact that like every time I see something Star Wars now, I'm like, oh, my buddies, my friends. Yeah. And I would like to say I was at a store the other day that will remain nameless because we are not a sponsored oh, show. Uh, uh, mm, they brought me enough It was joy. McKay's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're in Nashville, check out McKay's. I, I saw something, and I was like, I have to get this for Alex. Alex? Oh? I know that you can't interview him in real life but wouldn't you love a little action figure of kiss kiss guy malik's dude what the heck yeah so for those so, of you listening, wait his his face isn't actually red then yeah, i didn't even not, know it was, that it was until just the lighting it was it's just, just the lighting, the lighting. <laughs> so wait can you say that name again uh that would be sky malik's so for those of you who uh, are listening, which is everyone except for the three of us in this room, Steven just pulled out of his pocket a little action figure of the devil-looking guy from the, the cantina. cantina. And if you don't get that, go back and listen to our... Was that episode three? Episode three, uh, Star so. Wars characters as podcast guests. Yes. Have you and had this in your pocket this entire time? The, it's, since, a, it's unusually warm, Steven. <laughs> yes, it's been in my pocket the whole time because I didn't want you to see it. And on top of that, right I've next- had that for a month. Like waiting, Wait, really? yeah, because I, I was like, I'm gonna give it to him on the podcast. Dude, Last time we so hung sweet. out, he brought it up. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I told Caleb like, okay, I got something for Alex. I think it's gonna be really cool. <laughs> You're welcome, he has buddy. A detachable cape and everything. Oh, I'm gonna take this off. Look at this sex god. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this hourglass figure on Kiss. He's Kiss, wearing Kiss, a Kiss. scarf. <laughs> we'll get we'll get a picture of you with that, Alex. Uh, so that can be our social media post for Absolutely. this episode. Absolutely, I'm very um, okay with that. <laughs> I'm so happy. I expect nothing but Max Rebo merch for the rest of my life as presents. Crap! Now I gotta find him something to do. <laughs> That happy means, Halloween, everybody. That means Dexter Jetster for me, and I'm more than happy about that. <laughs> um, and now it's time to go to therapy. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi-Wan! Raider! Devil's Night is upon us again. So we throw a little party, start a bunch of fires, make a little profit. It's actually very fitting that we start this with uh, Stephen gifting Alex the devil. Hey, yes. Because, Caleb, what's the topic of this episode? Well, as y'all know, the devil's birthday is coming up. Devil's Halloween. Night, baby. <laughs> this is my favorite, one of my favorite holidays. My my actual favorite holiday is Friendsgiving, which is not a holiday. So this is probably my favorite <laughs> actual holiday. My actual favorite holiday is Black Friday, which is not a holiday. <laughs> Doors open at 7 p.m. Thursday night. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's when my Christmas starts, baby. <laughs> so I, I obviously am super excited and in the spooky mood. There's a skeleton over on my desk besides Ooh. Stephen. Ooh. <laughs> um, and so I was super excited when Stephen in our group chat brought up a really cool topic. You want to introduce it, Stephen? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's really convenient that we're recording out in the woods right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've brought Where this... I brought my desk. Yeah, you brought your desk <laughs> and your spooky, spooky fire. And, um, you know, uh, you can hear all of the sounds uh, that are not stock. Are so- you trying to make me do more editing no, work? No, I'm see- just <laughs> pointing out that you can hear a bird chirping. You see, I was just you about can to also point hear out. A, far, a frog ribbiting and thunder. Ooh, there's a storm coming. Did you guys hear that thunder? Wait, we have to get the, the audio interface and, and all the mics inside. Uh, what? <laughs> Wait, how do we have power out in the middle of the woods? Shut up. <laughs> we have that generator running in the background, which you can also hear. Can you not hear the... <sighs> Vader? <It's> crankable. <laughs> Real talk, though. These are amazing windscreens. I've never heard of them yeah, that Caleb, can just you're cancel pretty, out nature. This is fantastic, This is man. wonderful. This is special. But we decided to do a good old-fashioned Star Wars horror slash ghost story slash scary stories, whatever we wanted to pull from the Star Wars universe that is horror-related. We can pitch a movie. We can talk about just something that is in the Halloween spirit because 
Star Wars is one of those franchises that doesn't necessarily go into horror in the movies, but I do think that there are things, especially in Legends and things that are just really out there that are terrifying yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and really cool. So wh- how would we like to format this? Who would like to go first in, in our merry roundabout of scariness? I don't mind going first because my first one, it's not too fleshed out. I just have like a basic concept for it. Yeah, and so I'll just go through it. Uh, and it's based off of a mode in EA's Battlefront 2. I mean, like very much just straight up ripped from it all right you're already Uh, starting at zero and i'm only hoping we're going up from here go ahead well okay if i'm at zero then (laughs) (laughs) you got nowhere to go but up Uh, no but there's this really cool mode that's very horror-esque where uh one team plays as stormtroopers and one team plays as ewoks and it's the middle of the night and it is freaky (laughs) really and so my basic concept was like just a squad of stormtroopers that you casually like kind of get to know over the course of the movie but also die off like one by one as yeah so like predator so wait kind of yeah kind of except replace the single predator with a tribe of ewoks that would (laughs) yeah that in actuality would probably kill them all at once but that's not fun so (laughs) gremlins style horror ish movie with With ewoks Ewoks. is my favorite idea ever i'm not even gonna say mine we don't even end the podcast this is perfect Well, I'm glad you like it. Uh, well, I'm gl- I thought you were going to be like, I'm glad we can end the podcast. <laughs> so it's this, over. <laughs> would this be set before Return of the Jedi to kind of show the guerrilla tactics that the Ewoks have? Yeah, actually, you're making me expand my idea real the quick. The two Ewok Maybe it's a scout team that goes to Endor to try to figure out if it's a if it's a good planet for the base and whatnot, and stuff happens, and some for some reason the Empire decides to put one there anyway. Well, Look, we don't have to pick up our the idea (laughs) so i i love the concept of like so it's post return of the jedi and or that yeah so i I like both of them work i like the idea of it being like so it's post return of the jedi and you've got these bunch of ewoks that since the death star blew up right above them like short like shards of it fall down and they're living in like a weird post-apocalyptic death star jungle and then all of the sudden these stormtroopers who maybe like survived the crash or something are like finding their way around mm-hmm. meanwhile it's the dead of night and they just look up in the trees and all they see are just glowing little eyes that and don't it, blink no, that, that don't i blink was getting there ever. i was getting there that's my thing they don't blink <laughs> we're going seen, back to the roots you ever seen an ewok's eyes <laughs> kind of like a doll's eyes no but like even going off of that there's a lot of like cool cinematography stuff you could do with that yeah oh just like their piercing eyes just glaring through a bush bush and, then, and having like one of the guys have like a stare down concept test where he's just like oh crap and then the spears just start coming just like <laughs> just coming down that'd be awesome yeah george lucas meant that the meant for the ewoks to be commentary well originally the wookies to be commentary on the via kong and like the guerrilla warfare and stuff. interesting yeah i never knew that yeah and i think it makes sense because there are so many, not horror moments in Vietnam War movies, but like scary moments, tense mm-hmm. moments. I think that if they took some of the tools from those type of movies and applied it to like this survival horror that you're presenting, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. So you're going to go to the studio and say, all right, guys, listen, Kathleen, George, Dave, I've got <laughs> two, two franchises that need to come together. Apocalypse Now and Caravan of Courage. <laughs> See, here's the thing. You can't do that. <laughs> Harrison Ford Dave Filoni would probably be on board with that. <laughs> uh, well, actually, George Lucas was originally supposed to direct uh, Apocalypse Now. So, <laughs> but then he got lost in the mashed potato. <laughs> I'm still looking for this. <laughs> also, just added little detail, would 100% show an Ewok like eating a stormtrooper. Oh my god. Probably the only gory thing I would have in the movie because I'm not like a big fan of gore but like that would be great. It'd be better yet if you like implied it you know like like you just No I want to see it. No like you just hear chomping in the woods and then D. Bradley Baker screaming and then all of a sudden you just see a helmet just drop and then it's just covered in blood just in the middle of it just like sinew and stuff and it's like run. See, or is, they is... roast a stormtrooper on the fire like they were going to do with Luke. Yeah, like a rotisserie <laughs> chicken. Like, yeah. I want to see that actually play Absolutely. out. Absolutely. <laughs> this is what I was thinking. The initial attack, 
like everyone kind of scatters, right? And they've they've regrouped, and they're like, "Oh no, where's Billy?" And then Tommy is <laughs> like, "I'll go find Billy." <laughs> no, it's Billy. Like, it's like Bob the Hydra agent from Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's let's rework this. Uh, like, uh, you know how in Vietnam movies they always call people by their state names, so like like Texas or whatever. Yeah. So like being like, "Where's yeah. Tatooine?" <laughs> yeah, where's Yavin? <laughs> oh, dude. And Actually, so like, Yavin kind of sounds a like cool a character name. name. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So like Coruscant goes to look for Yavin and he has his little <laughs> flashlight and it just like Blair Witch style, like his sh- kind of shaky cam, like going through the mm-hmm. force. And then you just see just for like a second, just this Ewok standing over Yavin and just like <laughs> blood all matted up in the fur. <laughs> and Yavin can only get out one word. Run. <laughs> oh my god, I want to see this movie. Okay, what's the title? Can we think can oh, we think can we think I did not think title? that far into it. Uh, uh so Caravan of Death. Okay, well no, not Caravan actually. of Corpses. Caravan of Corpses is Caravan of Corpses. That's fun. Yeah, I like that because I'll it's a play that. on it and you show the original title card of Caravan of Courage and then it just like it just, it just does drops the cross it. Yeah, it does the cross out with the blood and it's just corpses that would be so awesome i'm I love picturing that. that now where you see it like in the sky like i think you do in caravan of courage and then it pans down and it's the only daylight shot and you just see the lone ewok standing there with a spear <laughs> and, then the, and then the opening crawl is just red rum red rum red rum red rum just red repeated rum. for like three paragraphs <laughs> oh my god that's awesome i love that do you have any um talent that you would want in this like actors or um... did not think that far into it uh so i want danny trejo to voice the main ewok but he only has three lines danny devito <laughs> is all, all the ewoks, ewoks. Punch it! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god charlie can, day can is we, a stormtrooper can we very li- oh my god charlie day is a stormtrooper would be great <laughs> he would never be in I the empire these helmets <laughs> Can't ever see anything. He, I can't hit me. Look, I love Charlie Day. He would definitely be the first to be killed off in that, uh, in that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> He's not sticking around very long. Yeah, we can't do that. Uh, Chris Pratt is Mario. <laughs> in the Ewok movie. Chris Pratt is the stormtrooper Mario. I would love it if every movie announced. He would be an actual Chris trooper, Pratt. though. Every 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 announcement we make, like that they make anymore about casting, just has to always remind us that Chris Pratt is playing Mario. Well, actually, Chris Pratt. Pratt might work for this because I'm thinking like yeah, generic military type people, which he's played some of in the yeah. past. Mm-hmm. Like I would want them to just do straight military casting for the troopers. Oh my god, that would be awesome! Yeah, you he get could, like uh, serious marine actors. Yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome. Say there's like the movies about everyone who slowly gets killed off, but like there, you know, there's a main folk, like a main character that it kind of focuses on. Yeah. Chris Pratt would be like a good that guy's captain. You like know if what? it's focusing around a rook, like I wouldn't want it. Yeah, I wouldn't want him to be the main guy. Mm-hmm. But like if he like sacrificed himself or something, I think that'd be pretty cool. How are you imagining this ending? Do the like Ewoks just survive and all that, or is it like I imagine main guy gets out, main guy gets out, finds like like finds his way back to the shuttle or something? Yeah, if one guy can beat the predator, this guy can get out. Yeah. Oh my god! Or can just you, everyone die. Can you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger looking at a looking at a, a Ewok going, "Come on, kill me, do it, do it now!" See? <laughs> and he's just holding a spear and like shaking. Get that, to the Tie Fighter. Get to the X-wing. Because I can also kind of imagine it gets to the shuttle. He tries to power it on. And oh, like, and it just doesn't. Yeah, like the Ewoks oh have sabotaged god. it, and so the last they shot, the wires, is just him like backing himself up with the gun and then just pointing out and it's like this slow zoom into so the better, forest. Better yet, so if we're going with my idea. post-apocalyptic idea of the Death Star remains just shattering into Endor, what we do is we end on the power core of the Death Star and this like the Ewok king, the evil Ewok king that's like 20 Ewoks stacked on top of each other. <laughs> in, a in a trench coat. coat. In a gigantic <laughs> trench coat with horns. <laughs> And then he just goes like, smile, you son of a nerf herder, and just shoots the power core. Everyone blows up. End of movie. Perfect. <laughs> it's how Star Wars ended with a Death Star blowing up. We can have yeah. this one end with the Death Star that blew up blowing up. 
All right. It blew up twice. Perfect. <laughs> mine is also a survival horror. So if we, if we want to hop from your survival horror go to ahead, mine. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, so. I was still drafting out this script, but let's go. We can't give too much detail because Star Wars needs to hire us. So we need to keep some stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> Disney definitely wouldn't steal this and make it on their own. They've never Disney done that. And never never done will. That. Disney, de- Disney definitely won't make a movie where the Ewoks are like horror slashers. <laughs> I, I mean, you're right. <laughs> God, that's what visions is for. <laughs> Wait, real quick, did I give it above a zero? Oh my God, dude, you ended on like 110. There we go. That was so good. I'm there we go. So you doubt happy. me. Like, you doubt me. So Caleb. <laughs> so very similar to yours in some aspects. You were playing on Twitch one of the Lego Star Wars games. It, mm. I don't remember which one we were on. Oh, it was probably Episode Three because we. Uh, I say we. You. Um, because <laughs> in the chat, I started talking about Order 66 and how I would love to see, beyond what we get in the Clone Wars, perspective of Order 66 from the clones. Mm. And then that made me spiral into, okay, the clones, they're out. They're on a medium-sized spaceship. There's one Jedi there. Clones don't really know this Jedi that well. It's like a new new troop and like mm. new general. They're, they're flying through space, and they're just kind of palling around. Seems like it's going to be a normal Star Wars movie. Order 66 comes in. They're like, okay, lock and load. They go to the room the Jedi's in, and the Jedi like just tears through three of them and then like hides in the ship. And so the rest of the movie is them having to hunt down the Jedi on the ship. So it's like Mine- a reverse alien? I, I was about to yeah, say that's that. Really Mine's Predator, cool. yours is Alien. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, in very similar spots where, like, we are turning good guys into, like, the villains. Mm-hmm. And then, although there could be a point in the movie where you switch, where, like, the Jedi kills the last clone trooper and takes over the ship, and then it just turns to their perspective. And then you're like, okay, cool. The Jedi lands the ship, gets out, and there's just, like, three squadrons of clone troopers oh my there. God. And then just cut to black. I Oh, uh, that's dope. I love that. Okay, so I I do have a question. So what, like, level of Jedi would you make this, like, character? Would it be, like... Would you want to do the thing and make it like a Padawan that's about to become a knight? Or like maybe he just became a knight? I think, I think a knight verging on master. Okay. I, it's it's tough to say because obviously- Which movie of Anakin is he most more like? <laughs> <laughs> Probably Clone Wars, right? Or Attack the Clones. Okay. Because I think you want him or them or her. I'm, I'm picturing it as a her. But you want her to be able to like be competent and to cut through these people and pose a threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you also like- it can't be a thing where they automatically get killed, right? Or they automatically kill all the clone troopers. It has to be balanced. Right. So whatever level best serves that, I think, works. I think in particular as well, it might you know benefit to maybe have it be like a special squadron of, of clones or something. Well, actually, you know what? Uh, honestly, the fact that they're even clones uh, makes them better already because yeah. they're not stormtroopers going like, I only get paid twelve ninety five to hunt down this person. I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, but stormtroopers, like clone troopers, are just like, yep, got it. Like, well, go. There's so many things because like all of the assassinations we see in Revenge of the Sith, they're almost instantaneous. Yeah, and it's very much one of these things where if you went over like. To Kim- Kiyo Mundi, what's his name? Kayati Mundi. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he has uh, two brains, and he's one of the few Jedi that was allowed to marry because of the uh, his population wasn't was needed. Oh, that's cool. Uh, no, he's a jerk. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, but like, if they had not gunned him in the back, all of them would be dead instantly. Because yeah. like, you can't go up against him. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Right? Same with Mace Windu. If if the Emperor hadn't killed Mace Windu, no clone could have gotten him. Well, and we've so never that's... confirmed that he's dead, which is yes. why my next movie pitch will be zombie Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> he just and... fell off of like a 2,000-foot building. We don't know he's dead. <laughs> and I also like the idea of the clone troopers, once they hear Order 66, they don't even really think about what they're doing. It's all mm. muscle memory. Yeah. And so like, what's that moment right after where they fail like? Because they are, one... They're like, oh man, now we have to go after a Jedi who knows we're coming. And just the terror in that. And then two, wait, why was I about to kill a Jedi? So I, I had two perspectives about it. I was like, okay, either the clones are, are like the threat or the Jedi is the threat. I think it would be more interesting to turn it for the Jedi to be the threat and yeah. then you flip it. I like mm. that. I like that a lot. It makes it like, 
if Ripley was the alien. Yeah. Like that's, I love that concept. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of a Jedi having to like, you know, Metal Gear Solid his way through some vents and stuff and like look down and trying to like assassinate stormtroopers. That's awesome. Hide underneath a box and slowly move so that they don't suspect it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They'll never see me coming. (laughs) Colonel. Colonel, I'm talking inside of a cardboard box. I love the idea of especially having a Jedi pop in and like maybe they say a couple lines at the beginning, but then they don't speak for the rest of the movie because the rest of the time they have to be silent because they're hiding and slowly picking off these clones. And then at the end, once they kill all of them, they have no one to talk to. Like, what are they going to do? Right. You see them react to like what has happened. Mm. You see them like confused. There's a part where they have to take out the communication so that the clones don't get like a message or anything. Yeah. And so now they can't contact any other Jedi. So they're just alone in space. And I love the idea of just like the last 15 minutes of the movie. You're just like silently following this Jedi around. Yeah. And then like she starts doing things that makes you like start rooting for her again. Like she like makes sure that all the clones are like nice and laid out so they can be buried or whatever. She starts, she like meditates for a little bit so that when you get that moment at the end, when she's, you know, presumably gunned down, then you actually feel something. Wow. Like that's an actual film. You just pitched like a, (laughs) of course we, of course the Vedsy guy is sitting over here going like, well, let me tell you about my million dollar idea. God, a film school had to be worth something. It certainly isn't worth (laughs) giving me a job or me making films. Welcome to episode five of Star Wars Therapy, where I justify my film school degree. (laughs) No, but I I actually really love that. Because that kind of just shows that, like, her personal values are just so intrinsic to her. That, like, even though they cross that line, like, she's still just, like, holistic and doing the whole Jedi way thing. Yeah, and seeing them as Doing the whole Jedi. He did a a T pose when you did that. The whole Jedi way thing, man. (laughs) Well, it's because, like, halfway through saying that. shown behind you. Halfway through saying that, I realized I didn't know how to phrase it. So I was just like, what am I doing? I got the biggest <laughs> quotation marks possible. <laughs> I love that idea. And I, I love too that like, if anything, that is examining something that we got to see at the very end of Clone Wars, which is, you know, Order 66 happening and how the personal interactions were. Did either of you play Fallen Order? Yeah, yeah. I uh, watched Joe play it. The beginning part where like you're going to training and like all the clone troopers are talking like, hey, Kyle, how you doing, buddy? Oh, how you doing? Oh, you got to do this. Da, 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 da. And then one guy goes, new order's coming in soon. And I'm like, I know, I know where this is going. I love that time period because there's initial tension in the fact that we know what's coming and they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, I love that you're, you're preying upon that in the movie. It's yeah. so cool. So uh, who would you get to direct this thing? Do you think? <sighs> Man, that's, so my, my initial go-to just because I just watched Malignant would be James Wan. James but, Wan actually would probably be a good choice. I mean, he he's done both blockbusters and horror movies, mm-hmm. and he has style out the wazoo. And if you're stuck in a spaceship the entire time, he could find some really cool ways of filming that. I'm really sad that you didn't say he has style out the wazoo. <laughs> Here's the other one, uh, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, so I just apologize. But it's um, Yan Seng Ho. And he is the guy who directed Train to Busan. Oh. Because, and like, there might be some challenges in, you know, crossing over to a different, like, country and, like, a different type of filmmaking. But I really like how he humanized the characters in Train to Busan. Mm. And so I feel like he could do that with the clones really well. Yeah, I definitely feel like as well. I mean, there's a certain style of Korean horror movie that especially like violent Korean horror movies that I just feel like would suit that and would give it an interesting spin. It wouldn't just be like, and Disney wants to go a little bit scary. Oh, oh, we got a jump scare. It's like, no, I I want someone to handle this. Yeah, that's the thing. I think with all of ours, we want horror directors directing. Yeah, we want Mm -hmm. actual people who like care like to do it. The one I want to do. So I'm a a huge fan of H.P. Lovecraft, his books, not the person. Um, for what? Mu- What's the matter with the person? Uh, uh, well, uh, f- his cat's a problem. <laughs> um, but what, anyway, for Alex, I assume you. I was about to say, it. can I get a real quick? Yeah. Who is H.P. So, Lovecraft? So H.P. Lovecraft is the guy who created Cthulhu. 
you know, like the oh, tentacle, tentacle god man. Basically yeah. the idea of cosmic horror. Yeah, pretty much oh. every... So a lot of his stories are not, like, amazing. Most of them end the same way with, he stared at the creature, and he couldn't even describe it, and then he went mad! Like, all the time. That's literally, like, every story that he does. But okay. uh, I got into H.P. Lovecraft because I'm a huge fan of Bloodborne. And Bloodborne is very much an H.P. Lovecraft story. But this was the closest to cosmic horror I could find in Star Wars. And I, I found it in Legends. It was something, it's from an original series of books called Fate of the Jedi, which never got to conclude because Disney bought Star Wars. Mm. Um, so I'll set up the the basic premise of this character. The character's name is Abeloth, otherwise known as the Mother, otherwise known as the Devourer of Stars. I think there's a D&D character oh, my God. named Abeloth. I'm so sure of it. I'm pretty sure the thing that was eating the things in Loki was named Abeloth <laughs> or something like that. So she started out as a mortal who was serving the Ones, which were the immortal force gods that we saw in the Clone Wars that mm. um, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka visited. At the uh, weird planet? Yeah. Yeah, that so, was an interesting episode. <laughs> I, I know, I like the episode. But point being, originally those three, um, for those of you who don't know, there are ancient force gods uh, called the Ones, who essentially you have the father who represents balance, you have the daughter who represents light, and then you have the son who represents the dark side. And the son and the daughter are always warring, um, and that's just something constant. But at one point, thousands and thousands of years ago, they were on another planet that was not Mortis, where we find them in the Clone Wars. They were on a planet, just a random jungle planet, and she um, was their servant for a while. But all she ever really wanted was a family to be adored. And eventually, they brought her in as one of her own, their own, and... She feared losing them. She feared dying before, obviously, they did. They're immortal. So she went to this pool that is forbidden that these immortals did drink out of in order to gain their omnipotence, in order to gain their powers. But she's immortal, and she didn't drink from it. She bathed in it. Mm. And this was a nexus of dark side energy and light side energy, but dark side is what makes her a monster. Yeah, yeah. She comes out. And the only images that exist of this character are fan art. And the only constant thing is that she is a female who has tentacles where her hands would be. Dark, sunken-in eyes and a very wide mouth with crooked teeth. That is the only thing. That sounds thing. terrifying. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> literally like the Star Wars equivalent of like an actually creepy creepypasta. Like, <laughs> one night I was She's playing got Star pasta Wars for arms. <laughs> one night I was playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 and my mom walked in just as Darth Maul looked at the screen and swore. She said, "Are you swearing again?" And I said, "No, mom. It was Darth Maul." Then she threw me in the bathtub. <laughs> said, "Wash your mouth out." <laughs> Sorry, I made a Star Threw Wars creepypasta. Threw you in a whole bathtub to wash your mouth. <laughs> also, the horror there is not the game. I'm sorry. But Darth Maul swore at me. <laughs> but anyway. No, Mom, it was the Dark Lord of the Sith. <laughs> but anyway, so Abeloth became this creature. She started morphing, and they did not even recognize her anymore. And in that moment, she became the mother of their kind of their dynamic mm -hmm. and she looked at the brother and the sister who were warring and she said bow before me which they were like nope you're not you're not the person we knew and the father the balance between the two was like yeah we're out and essentially i'm i'm gonna skip over a bunch of stuff because it's a bunch of lore just gobbledygook essentially they enslave an alien race to build technology that would manage to take like seven black holes and surround the planet just so she couldn't get off because they were that scared of her. This is some Doctor Who crap and I love <laughs> that's it. What I'm, that's what <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> so my my pitch for what I would want to do with Abeloth, which by the way, she has been in a Star Wars movie. Really? Do you remember that part of Solo in the Kessel Run when the tentacles come out of the oh, cloud? Oh, that's, that's her? That's Abeloth. Right? Whoa. Right? I'm like, oh, 
that's cool. That's such a weird connection. Yeah, but, but that's you know, dope. some guy was like, put in the thing from Legends. The fans will love it. And then one guy was like, I read Jedi Outcast. And then Ron and Howard <laughs> was like, Hey guys, I got like three weeks to put, to make this movie. Just put in whatever you want. Yeah, please don't give it a name. <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, it's the slug lady from the beginning of uh, Solo. Yeah, I thought I that's thought the he was best part. Say that too. <laughs> So my pitch for a movie would not be this thousands of years ago. What I would do is I would have a post-Return of the Jedi Luke, played by Sebastian Stan, because we all want that to happen. Mm -hmm. Just make it happen. But anyway, I would love to see Luke and his new order of Jedi eventually explore the galaxy and they find the Maw, which is this collection of black holes they journey into it like the bermuda triangle and then maybe one of them comes back and then just morphs into this cosmic deity horror and what's cool about it is that in in legends luke is made aware of the fact that anakin met the father and the son and the daughter who all died in that episode but he's aware of that he read on that so it's like having this thing from thousands of years ago come back and be this force that they have to take down that is enslaving their people with mind control and and whatever else and she can anyone she devours she can take the form of like in the in the legends i think at one point she tries to actually like take over the universe from like a coruscant like i'll be a senator like (laughs) and i was like that's stupid but i think it would be cool to have side by side you see like this this woman serving these three people and You have Luke talking about this monster and then realizing that this woman is the monster. Like as you keep going through the movie and just Mm. having it be this thing that you can't quite understand. Like I love that the only images of this character are fan art because it's like a Lovecraft story where it really is like, I don't know what to make of this. And it's so much that it drives people mad. Like in Legends, they actually, Jedi and Sith have to team up to fight this thing. And I'm like, if that happened, that would be awesome. Yes. Like like, yeah. like a new thing of Sith that, that rose up or something like that. And then they have to mm. fight this thing. It, I think that there is a lot of potential in Abeloth. And I think that if you really took the time and did it right, you could make something that maybe isn't scary but it's definitely horror. Yeah, yeah. I think out of all of our pitches, that's that'd probably be the most likely to happen because Disney ain't doing a horror thing with Star Wars now. But doing <laughs> the thing that is like premised off of Lovecraftian horror, I think that's not only something that can happen, but probably if Star Wars goes on long enough, something that will happen. Well, especially hmm. because with Star Wars being this cosmic franchise i think cosmic horror is one of the it's one of the hardest genres of horror to get right i think only a few movies have Mm -hmm. just because it's so like high concept and out there and well it's because for me at least it's because it's so hard to demonstrate i'm going mad from purely a lack of being able to understand yeah Uh, you know because like uh, most of the time it would be a character staring off into space like well i can't oh, i'm going mad and then they grab their head and go oh, I don't it's go. curled up into the fetal yeah, position oh, i'm mad now like no that's not how it works please have the line i'm mad now somewhere i'm mad there. now <laughs> i'm going from space madness <laughs> yeah i uh I, I would definitely do something with abeloth and i think it would be really cool to have that bit of a connection of like okay my father knew the people that you loved yeah. the most. You knew these people, and now you're fighting that guy's son. So there is a connection. And even if even if that's not explicitly stated, like yeah. anyone who knows that continuity knows that thread, it means more. What I think, too, would be nice is that, so when we meet Luke again in Last Jedi, assuming that they'll keep that canon, I, I don't know if Disney will just be like, all right, make an animated series that's just different. Assuming Last Jedi will remain canon, I think that it would be cool to see Luke start out as Luke Skywalker, as we know him, hopeful, he's he's good, but at the end, like even he's scared and maybe understanding why he has such a fear of the dark side. Mm-hmm. And if you went from that to looking at him in Last Jedi, and when he sees Rey give like just a little bit of it, he's like, nope, it's more than just, I tried to kill my nephew. Yeah, it would drive a lot of in- uh, intentions in those movies a lot more. I think it would, and I think that's what they should do going forward. And you know, that's something that I think all three of ours do really well, is it 
fills in some holes that the viewer can fill in fine now, but like it helps him fill in. So like with Alex, it expands on what the Ewoks are able to do. Yeah. And like with me, it gives you more insight into order 66. And then here it's like clearly informing Luke's character. Yeah. And I, I think too, with Alex, if anything, it offers justification for the, f- the biggest fan complaint about return of the Jedi is why do the stormtroopers get stopped by teddy bears? Like this is stupid. Cause they're terrifying. Yeah, because they're terrifying <laughs> and eat the flesh of their victims. It's one of those things that I feel like a lot of people just aren't going to get, but if you make it, if like you explore it a little bit, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. Yeah. Does anyone else have anything else like pitches? I have, I have one more thing that I wanted to end it on. I don't have a full pitch like what we've been doing. I just have kind of a kernel of an idea. Okay. And that's, I'd love to see like gothic horror thing done in mm. um, Star Wars. And I, I thought about one or two ways of doing this. Either one, just it's a bunch of characters and it doesn't really matter what they do, but you can just come up with like, oh, this one's a smuggler. This one's a senator. And mm. they all like end up somewhere and it's kind of like a mix of Agatha Christie and, you know, other horror, um, like gothic horror intrigues. And you get like Gamel del Toro to direct it. Yeah. Right? And like, and there's some ghosty stuff going on. Or you can do, there is a place where, like, it might be dark side. It might be light. We don't know what's going on. You send a Jedi in to, like, investigate it. And that's more of, like, the haunting where, like, haunted house. This guy has to stay in wherever this location is. Hmm. Like, And maybe it's a couple different Jedi or whatever. My ideal, like, continuity for Star Wars past the end of Episode Nine is that there isn't a Jedi Order. They're, they're just people who choose to be Jedi, and they kind of interpret what that is. You know what? Hmm. That That's probably what it needs to be, because the whole reason the Jedi Order fell is because it was an order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I kind of Much like, like most organized religion. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I kind of like the idea of, like, there are three people who go to this location. They have to deal with all the haunting and, you know, the, the ghostly ghouls and stuff. I like that. But mm. they also have to, like, debate their, like, beliefs in the Force and stuff. There has to be dialogue and discussion and yeah. motivation, something that is severely lacking in most of the Disney Star Wars properties. <laughs> Either way, you give it to Guillermo del Toro. And you you leave him alone. Yeah, you, you <laughs> get, yeah you give it to him. You know he can make a PG thirteen movie and go. All right, cool. Crimson Peak, but with lightsabers. <laughs> so so I'm curious about these characters and I guess kind of how they interact with the world around them. Because you say it's like a haunting thing. So is it all like external stuff happening to them? Because when you brought it up, my initial thought was like, is there anyone that like kind of accepts it or like accepts kind of dark side-esque things and then they kind of have to debate their own like morality around the force? Yeah, like I definitely would want to have some like gray Jedi in there Mm. and stuff. And then even have people who maybe can't use the force but still call themselves Jedi. And it would be kind of cool to even have people who still don't trust the jedi because that was like a huge thing that they explored in clone wars as well was like you know people don't like the jedi anymore because it's like yeah you guys are just a police force you're not like peacekeepers yeah i brought up the haunting earlier and i don't want just a remake of the haunting one of the (laughs) great things star wars (laughs) one of the great things about that is like all the characters are very different you've got this very traumatized like lead who's just the whole book is her like dealing with her um with her own mental stuff and then you've got her like best friend in terms uh-huh. of like yeah they link up and she's definitely a lesbian but also like yeah. she's, oh also, <laughs> she's also a pretty annoying and in person. the remake it's pretty overstated that she's a lesbian. yeah i don't want to talk about the haunting too much but just to say there's a lot of interesting character dynamics you can get there i think what you need to do is lean into these are not people who would normally get along in a situation, but maybe they have to rely on each other. That makes sense. Is really cool, and I think if anything, that actually that actually kind of feeds upon what made the original Star Wars like so good. Is because the cast of characters were completely different. You had a princess, a smuggler, a kid who had been on a farm his whole life, and an old Gandalf, and a, yeah, and a wizard. <laughs> yeah, I was literally about to say a wizard. So it's like, yeah, if you prey upon dog. that, but in a different way, that's interesting. I like that a lot. Alex, did you have another idea? I do. Okay, I'm going to read this from my notes app because I, I kind of just started thinking and ran with it. 
I will also say I I don't ex- I don't remember exactly what's in here because I haven't even reread it <laughs> since I wrote it down. And when did you write this down? <laughs> I think the night we talked about okay. this topic <laughs> like two weeks ago, feverishly typing on his phone. <laughs> so what I have is, <laughs> I mean, this can definitely be tweaked, but Resident Evil inspired game movie where a young galactic cartographer. <laughs> cartographer get which if you don't know is a map maker gets stranded on dathomir oh uh, though initially tasked with map mating map, map making because dathomir is probably a pretty uncharted place dathomir is where darth maul and asajj ventress and the night sisters come from yeah for anyone who doesn't know it is the horror planet. yeah it's the bad one go ahead he's an intellectual he's very curious about what's going on he's very fearful because it's it's obviously a horror thing but he's He's more so curious to figure out what's going on with the planet. Or, I mean, like, after he gets stranded there. He's yeah. trying to just, like, he, he realizes there's these societies there, and they're underground, and they're kind of hidden out of, like, actual view of, like, surface level of the planet. Okay. Uh, which is pretty much what Night Sisters and Night Brothers do. They occupy, like, caves and underground structures and stuff like that. A lone Zabrak outcast, which is just Darth Maul's species. Cause like, I always just called them Night Brothers. I'm getting into really nerdy stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mentioned the... Abeloth. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Come you on. Like... So the societies are actually separated by gender. So the, the Night Sisters are actually like, they do the whole magic thing. They have a structured society, a mm-hmm. city, and stuff like that. And then, like, straight up to pick their warriors, they go through, like, a whole... I mean, you see this in Clone Wars, too. They go through a whole, like, trial selection, figure out who's the strongest of the strong. Yeah. And so this guy that he runs across is an outcast. So he went through the trial. I don't remember if they try to kill the people that lose the trial or not. Regardless, he get, they, they he get gets away. One by one, yeah. He gets away. He's living out in the middle of absolute nowhere. And he has to, like... He's trying to help our hero, just not really hero, survivor, try to just... Our protagonist. Our cartographer (laughs) (laughs) navigate, like, uh, you know, the world around him. And there's all this, like, you know, Night Sisters are doing their thing. They're trying to stop him because, like, there's this outsider who's curious about their world. I like that. I'm glad you do. Well, I like it. I like it, too, because, like, a stranger in a strange land is perfect Mm -hmm. setup uh, for a horror movie. But then it's, like... On top of that, if you had this person just being an objective third party, like, I just want to make maps. Yeah. But then gets tangled up in this thing that is just absolutely horrifying that he doesn't understand. Like, they just, this guy magically has robot arms now. Why? I don't know. (laughs) They put it on him, the green stuff. (laughs) Yeah, like, he's he's clearly there for, like, a job. And when the job goes awry, he's like, okay, not only do I have to find a way to get out of here, but also what is going on so, no yeah. one knows about yeah. this so it's kind of like like dead space a little bit in the sense of like i'm just here to do a job mm-hmm. i'm just here to check out a facility oh no okay demons we're, like, going, <laughs> we're going back to alien like just blue collar people uh-oh xenomorph and a cartographer wouldn't be a blue collar thing but just like an intellectual yeah, he's not like, a warrior. He, yeah, yeah, he's, he's not. He is not a glamorous figure. He is just a guy, and, and he's so played by Charlie Day. He. Uh, <laughs> I just want to make. No, maps. hold on. Okay, <laughs> the last thing I wrote down, <laughs> and I know this will make make you happy. Design for the cartographer may or may not be a Star Wars rendition of a young adaptation of Doctor Explore. <laughs> uh, who is Doctor Explore? <laughs> I'm. They call me Doctor Explore because I discover, discover treasures on, on the. the Big screen. <laughs> next time, next time you go to a Regal, you'll oh, see their Regal oh, Unlimited you, ad. You told me about this. No, we've done yeah. it in front of you. Yeah, yeah. we I'm have quoted it. It's just, it just I, it's not a thing I deal with on the, a daily basis. Yeah, the so. pre-roll ad is is this guy named Doctor Explorer who advertises Regal Unlimited. But we, every time we go to the movies, we quote it, and I love doing it to people oh who just have never gone to the <laughs> movies so with us. I just love that you have such a ro- like a loyalty to Regal theaters that you're... It's not necessarily to the theater. It's more to Doctor Explorer, our <laughs> king and lord and savior. I went to go see Jungle Cruise and Doctor Explorer. Hey, hey, allowed look, me to do that. If, hey, if Doctor Explorer was drama, in... Drama, ju- musicals, I see them all. I see them all. I even like animated musicals. <laughs> In my head, I pretty much took Dr. Explorer, made him young, and, like, 
like mentally adapted like you know his vests and all of that to like look more star warsy yeah like kind of like han solo but differentiated enough to where it's not directly roguish but not a rogue yeah and for yeah. those for those, man yeah for those i like sad that souls who don't have an image of dr explorer permanently imprinted in their b- brain it's kind of like it's kind of like a jungle <laughs> i want to pirate bay they're opening to regal it's kind of like a <laughs> it's kind of like a jungle cruisy uh outfit with like a uh, he's not wearing a pith hat but the kind of outfit that would be wearing a pith hat yeah anyway that's the pitch <laughs> one i want to see more like everyday people in star wars mm-hmm. i want to know yeah. what like the barista around the corner is doing in star wars or the cartographer that's something i would never thought of um, but then also you finally like, cause they've done a lot with Dathomir outside of the movies, but I want to see that on the big screen. Yeah, very much. What's so interesting about everything that we've pitched today. And, and the reason kind of why I brought up cosmic horror is because I feel like star Wars is the exact opposite of, you know, like when someone goes on like a plant, like a galaxy map or a universe map or whatever, and they take Earth, and then they just keep zooming out mm-hmm. until it's just like stars, and you see how mm-hmm. small Earth is. That's the idea of cosmic horror. But the cool thing that Star Wars does is that it starts from the big wide angle and zooms in on a very particular corner of a very particular galaxy in a very particular way that is so interconnected that things do ripple effect. Yeah, It's so interesting that like... I, I, you know, I was, I've been thinking about this quote ever since you pointed it out to me, Alex, and it's made me look at Star Wars differently. Really? Yeah. Interesting. The, the quote that you said about <laughs> Sam Witwer, and he said he was like, the thing about the prequels is that George Lucas was trying to tell a story that oh. was much bigger than three movies. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that is that it's made me appreciate the little things, the fact that. Yeah, there there are episodes of the Clone Wars where it's like, hey, here's Kit Fisto fighting a bunch of people underwater. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't have anything to do with Anakin, doesn't have anything to do with Obi-Wan. It's just a thing that's happening. It's interesting to me, and that's what the strength of the Mandalorian is, I think, and that's what the strength of, I think, all the things they're trying to do now are. So, guys, listen, I really appreciate that you've you've brought us out to these woods, and I really appreciate all of the woodland creatures that we hear including a bird once again <laughs> yep, so that yep. he doesn't have to use a different sound effect. <laughs> well, thank you for now being considerate. You're I'm glad he's the exact same uh, distance away That's from us. That's a wood-crested whippoorwillow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a but bird. The real reason that I came along is because I'd like to invite you both to join my cult. Now, what is this cult? Now, I know we all have a common love of Star Wars, so I just want to go ahead and pitch the idea of the uh-huh. cult of the power droid, uh, which power which is a real thing in Star Wars lore, and I'm a part of it. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, want I to am just, a part of I, Star Wars lore. <laughs> so I just want to go ahead and just uh, give you our, our Lord and Savior's words. Uh, his name is the Almighty Gonk. Yes. And all right, I'm on board. The yeah. ancient words that you will recite are Gonk 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 Koginya. See, gong 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 gogin. See, wait, that's what we're doing instead of like signing off and promoting. I am attempting to have you join my cult. So, our soul deity is Gonk because Gonk is the ultimate power in the universe. Now, the name of Gonk, Gonk may be referred to as Gonk. For to speak the holy name in its entirety is blasphemy, unless you are doing so in the context of warning others not to blaspheme, as is done here. However, the primary utterance of gonk is gonk. And <laughs> when used to I'm refer sorry, to the word to gonk, like gonk. Of, I'm sorry, no, when you're referring to the word gonk instead of the deity gonk, the full spelling is acceptable. When you're referring to the deity, you must have an asterisk mark in place of the O. So that's a real thing. Uh, so I want to go ahead and say the primary teachings that we have. Uh, do you want to know what our tenets are? I mean, sure. I'm reading the Wikipedia page right now. Sure. <laughs> uh, the tenet of inaction. So I need you guys to be as lazy as possible because Gonk has no arms. Therefore, you cannot use yours as much as possible. So does that mean All I right. have to use my feet to edit this? Hey, yes. Jedi in the closet, can I borrow your lightsaber? Hey, Jedi in the closet that we we brought out to the woods. <laughs> the next we brought thing, the closet to the woods. The tenet <laughs> of energy generation. Gonk is a power droid and generates his own energy. Thus, his followers to derive no sustenance from external t- sources such as food or water, which are not considered kosher. Yeah, you guys can't eat or, <laughs> or drink, drink in this cult. 
You guys ready to join? Dude, we're going to die in like two weeks, Max. I know, but <laughs> hell yeah. Hey, if anyone wants to be a co-host with me, I got two openings. And by the time the next episode happens. A gonk droid just walks in. So I just I just want to say, uh, Caleb, I know you have a gambling issue, but. You <laughs> know, but yeah, you really got You don't have to worry about. Caleb, those you really got to stop with that DraftKings stuff. It's getting to you. But you don't have to worry about those because Gonk determines all outcomes of fate. If you just believe in Gonk, believe Caleb, and you can get over your addiction. Dancing, Alex. This one's for you. Oh, okay. I like dancing. Uh, so uh, you can dance, but you can only dance. I can't use my arms. Yeah, you can only use your legs. You can only tap dance and anything that involves your legs. But if you dance using your arms, that is blasphemy, and you are out. Do you understand me? <laughs> I'm yes, I understand you. For you guys what to join. What does this have to do with horror? <laughs> because it's a cult. <laughs> I, for one, think this is paradise. But go on. So. uh... As a gonkist, <laughs> Caleb is so out. emotionally destroyed so, right now. <laughs> Caleb, as a gonkist, I would like to remind you. <laughs> I would like to remind you that since gonks cannot fornicate, you cannot fornicate. I work at a church. I can't be part of a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already a part of one. <laughs> and it's okay, guys, because death is not called death. It's called deactivation. <laughs> it's Praise called power off. <laughs> Praise be the almighty gonk. Oh, deactivate and, me right now, please. And lastly, I would just like to tell you guys that there are titles. There is the high priest of gonk. Which is obviously is you. The apostle of gonk. Which, which is, is obviously Alex. So we clearly die in like and two weeks anyway. So how how quickly do you rise up through the ranks of well, this? Well, he's currently the saint of gonk. <laughs> Wait, I still haven't said the words. <laughs> That's true. I was the only one that said them. So what do you guys think? You want to join my cult? Is this why you took <laughs> us out yeah, to brother. the woods? <laughs> yes. So you're joining the cult. Yeah. All right. What about you, Caleb? What's that horror movie that I don't like? The following or whatever, where the guys go to the go to the dinner party and all the people are a cult. The invitation. I thought it was a vampire movie and it wasn't. Yeah. I and hate that movie. I hate this. <laughs> All right, well, I guess I'll pack our bags, boys, and I guess this will be the last podcast because I just, you know, our religious beliefs just don't align. You're dying in two weeks, Stephen. <laughs> I'm not that concerned. Well, yeah, we've got some really episodes to record, buddy. Have you written a will? Yeah. Okay, good. Gonk. <laughs> and here we have the Church of Gonk. Okay. We, here we have the last will and testament of uh, one Mr. Stephen Weeben. <laughs> All it said was, it says was gonk, 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 see. That's too much. I really just like the idea that it gonk. says gonk. <laughs> if you guys want to replace, uh, want to apply to replace these two, uh, these two nutcases, you can uh, send an email to starwarstherapy at gmail.com. <laughs> um, and you can reach out to me on uh, Instagram and YouTube at Caleb from the real world. I have a bunch of other podcasts. Luckily, none with these two nut jobs, so like, <laughs> don't have to replace any others. But you can listen to Hot Trash Unlimited Star, or this is Star Wars Therapy, <laughs> all new Fifty Two, and uh, and the Snub Club. I've never seen you try to wrap up a podcast. That that was a smooth transition, <laughs> though. I'll give him it, though. Oh my god! Thank you guys. I love you guys so much. This has been so much fun. This has. Oh my god! <laughs> Y'all want to promote anything? Nah. No, I do <laughs> want. On, I do brothers. want the last bit though. Can I do the last bit? Yeah, yeah, go. All right, devil guy is kissing you all. Good night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>